Thanks for listening to Remake Rewind. This is another Boners episode. Cars. Once again. What? Cars. Fast cars. Tokyo oh. Drift. Once again, we are talking about the uh, Fast and Furious franchise. We, not too long ago, at this point, at this point, it's been a couple of months, the way we uh, have our release schedule, but in a fairly recent episode, we uh, talked about how Fast and the Furious is just a uh, ripoff of Point Break. We really enjoyed a watching it, homage. so we decided yeah, it was a loving ripoff, <laughs> and we decided to just watch the rest of the Fast and the Furious movies and uh, just just tell you what we think about them. And uh, I think over the weekend we decided we are going to do uh, Hobbs versus Shaw. We're not going to wait. We're just going to just go through this entire franchise. Yeah, and I'll tell you something else. I'm I'm not saying that I'm ready to be done with these movies, but I'm kind of. Bummed is not even the right word. I want to watch the rest of the movies soon. You know what I mean? It just feels yeah. like it's been going on for long enough. It, it it has been going on. I mean, we're watching one every two weeks. I mean, if you really want, we could bomb through a couple of them and just record a couple episodes at once to get through it. Yeah, that might not be a bad idea and stagger the release. Yeah, I think we, we, we'll, we'll talk about it. Now that, you know, we'll get into this, but with everything happening with Han... Uh, now that we're at that point, it feels like there's a lot of momentum to get through the other movies. Maybe not necessarily Hobbs and Shaw. Maybe a little bit, but I definitely want to get through the next two. I, I feel you, dog. Yeah. I feel you. So this one, uh, is, is, we've been talking about this movie particularly a lot, just because this is the one that kind of throws a monkey wrench in, in the whole thing. Like The whole franchise kind of falls apart timeline-wise because of this movie. And yeah. even after watching this movie... And them retconning this to be between six and seven still doesn't entirely make sense. So I was under the impression, maybe we talked about this last time. I was under the impression that I was under the impression that it wasn't a reveal that Han died until uh, fast six till the no, end credits. Yeah. So wa- upon watching this movie, I was like, oh. So when uh, Fast and Furious came out and we saw Han at the beginning of that movie. That was a big deal to people who had been following yeah, the franchise. I didn't even think about that when we watched it. And when it was a bigger deal when he showed up again. And you, you commented on this, I think, at the end of He mentions Fast, Tokyo. He mentions it, that he wants to go to Tokyo. And then in Fast and the Furious 6, Giselle's like, hey, what about at the beginning of the movie... When they were like running away from something, she's like, what about what about Tokyo? And he's like, we'll get there yeah. kind of thing. So it was very, once they started doing it, they really kind of leaned into it and were joking about it. Because every movie he's been in, they've referenced Tokyo and him getting there, but it hasn't actually got there. So the reveal that Jason Statham killed him was a big deal. Right. But it wasn't, but it was a, it was a separate thing. Like it wasn't, that wasn't that the timeline was crazy because that we already knew that it was that Jason Statham was involved in this. Well, but the timeline breaks down a little bit as well so if you look at like well the it makes no the sense movie, yeah let's just because you look at get out in front of that yeah and then some of the other things they even say during the movies really don't make sense so the first movie came out in 2001 too fast too furious was 2003 this was 2006 and then we didn't get fast forward until i think it was 2011 and in that movie they mentioned it had only been five years so even though it'd been like 10 years of movie of time they're saying it had only been five years which you know what that's fine that happens in movies totally cool 
but then you go to when you look at how this movie actually functions it doesn't really make sense like it was kind of like the letty death like when she dies and we got the with dom acting like sherlock holmes slash batman (laughs) reconstructing that scene and then the next movie we see another flashback of the scene and it doesn't happen anywhere near the same way it happened in in fast and furious this is kind of the same way so i guess we'll just kind of skip to the end and then go back to the beginning but at the end of this movie han dies at the end of fast and the furious six as a mid-credit scene we see that even though we thought that Han just got in a car accident while running away from Drift King in this one and dies. We find out that Jason Statham actually was the car that crashed into him that Mercedes caused his class. right. But even that, like, it doesn't make sense. But like, when you watch this movie at the end, when you see Han die, and when you watch the post-credit scene, because I went back and immediately watched yeah, that post-credit scene, and you're like, "There's no way that you wouldn't have seen Jason Statham one getting he was out of the just car, walking away." He was walking away. He was within 10 feet of the car when it exploded. Well, also, another thing this movie does just within itself, not even in terms of other movies, this guy was in the most populated area in, uh, is it in, it's not in Hong Kong, right? It's in, uh, oh, no, sorry, not Hong Kong. It's not in Tokyo. Tokyo. It's in Japan, though. Is it in Tokyo? Shibuya? No, this is in Tokyo. Sh- They're in Tokyo, in Tokyo proper. Okay, okay. Yeah. I don't know anything about the geography. I just said Hong Kong. Obviously, I'm ignorant. Um, but... Another thing that happens in this movie is that uh, they get into this huge car crash. It's like a massive explosion. This guy dies. And later that night, he's just back at his dad's house. Like, I think you would have spent a lot of time talking to some police officers who would have known that you were drifting in the middle of a crosswalk. Well, they left. They got back in their car and left before the cops got there. There's literally a million people standing around. I don't know, man. But they're also criminals and vehicles that like... Most likely, I don't remember seeing any license plates for the ones that our heroes were sure, actually sure. driving. I guess and they, they did also have make a point of saying, yeah. if you can go more than 180 kilometers per hour, the police won't even bother chasing you. So that doesn't bother like me somebody, that they got away from the cops. Somebody was killed in a, in a, a massive, uh, super dangerous street race. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, yeah. It feels like they just um, glossed over the fact that the police weren't involved at all. The thing that would have really stood out, though, is the fact that the two only two white people that we've seen so one is the main character of this movie sean and then jason statham who plays owen shaw's brother he's uh, deckard shaw the, all these witnesses would have seen these two white guys yeah. and they would have been like there were these white guys look for the white guys yeah. <laughs> driving away the one of them was walking out, uh, one of them was walking out yeah so yeah it doesn't really make sense and you just break it down like when you look at the angles, sure, uh, Jason Statham was walking on the opposite side of the car that Sean was at. But still, like, he was within 10 feet of the car. Somebody would have seen that. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But whatever. Let's let's start from the beginning and, and just break this movie down from beginning to end. I want to spend some time talking about the insane continuity of this series. But, yeah. Oh, we definitely should. And I, I, I don't know if this is... Yeah. But just... I'm just going to say it off the top. Like this one I liked at the time and I've gotten back to it a couple times, but this is the movie I've probably watched the least just because it is a standalone film. I was under the impression that this was like, I, the, the, I keep on saying I'm under the impression. Um, I thought the general consensus was that this is the worst of the series. So I had really I low expectations. Now, rewatching it. I had really low expectations going in. I ended up enjoying it. Um, it's I think not an unenjoyable movie. I think the lead uh, is it Lucas Black. 
is super miscast. Like that dude sucks. Um, yeah, I agree. But the movie was like, I don't know, surprisingly good time on its own. Well, considering not like, fantastic, mind you, I'm not dying on a hill. Happened with it, and I, you know, I this week has been incredibly busy. I didn't have time to go back and look at like the production history of this particular movie. But my understanding at the time when this came out was was supposed to be the Vin Diesel movie of basically what the opening of Fast and Furious was with Han and all them and all his exploits of him being out in like the Dominican Republic and whatnot. That was what the third movie apparently was supposed to be. We had the second movie was a, a Brian film. The third movie was supposed to be a Dom film. Right. But he was at the time he was working on uh, Riddick and there was a scheduling conflict and Universal needed to put something in there because that movie came out during that same time like the year prior now he i know he agreed to do the cameo at the end of this movie to get the rights for riddick exactly but i I thought it was before he shot it i just know there was a scheduling conflict okay i i thought it was riddick it might have been one of his others because during that time period he was doing a lot of movies he was doing riddick i can't remember there was like another post-apocalyptic movie that he kind of did um he there was triple x at some point he also did i cannot remember it's like babylon something or other but it yeah, was yeah. like a post-apocalyptic film he did triple x he did the riddick movie he also did um the pacifier so vin diesel was doing a fuck ton of work at yeah. this time period so it definitely makes sense that there was a conflict that he couldn't get it so they threw this movie out i didn't realize justin lynn directed this one yeah which surprised me because it's now where near as intense as the other ones are that he's done yeah but this was also like i get them not wanting to throw 200 million dollars into the kind of like oh this is a placeholder movie and before he's proven himself with the franchise because eventually they just like basically wrote him blank checks to go write his movie or make his fast movies and that's also uh justin lynn is why um what's the dude that plays han's name ken something anyway that's why forget his name. that's yeah. why he's in this movie and that's why it's han centric because he loves that dude uh, and they work together in Better Luck Tomorrow, which is the same Han and technically takes place inside of the Fast and Furious universe. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So oh, Better, good to Better know. Better Luck Tomorrow is um, like Han's origin story. And then... I had no idea. I'm going to yeah. have to check that out. Yeah, and I think it, it takes place... So the continuity would be Better Luck Tomorrow, all of the Fast and Furious movies that Han is in before Tokyo Drift and then Tokyo Drift. Got it. So... Yeah, it's weird. It's a, it's a weird, weird, <laughs> on, weird timeline with this movie. On top of the and Fast it, and Furious shit, he's also a character from this other totally separate movie. That's insane. I'm going to have should, to check that out. We're going to have to make that part of our uh, watching because it's technically the same universe. Yeah, damn. If I knew that, I would have done that first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know so, until now. Yeah. Yeah. So the biggest thing with this is, oh, we're going to talk about continuity stuff later. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not even going to bring this stuff up. So we'll bring it up at the end. But this movie, it just, it feels like it doesn't matter except for the fact that Han dies in it. Like, it doesn't really do anything. But I was still, like, I was still kind of like invested in the story to a certain extent. And again, see, I when, this when I say this, was, when I say this, I'm not talking about five stars. So again, yeah. I'm not trying to die on this hill, but just as its own little standalone movie, like I almost enjoyed this more than Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, that's funny. Like it's entertaining enough, but I think this one also had almost no plot like i found myself getting like when like han is such a great character and he's engaging right i actually really like bow wow yeah and i really (laughs) i also liked bow wow in this movie but i felt like the main character black hole dude yeah he he has no charisma yeah 
like and he's zero also, charisma. He looks like he's fucking 40. Yeah, he does. And he's only like 25. I looked it up. Like he's only 25. Was that? Came out in 2006, right? Yeah. He was born in 82. Oh, yeah. So 25, you're right. Uh, 24, 24, 25, whatever. I was thinking so, yeah, 21 was, for some reason, but you're right. Yeah, so he was mid-20s, which but is fine. Yeah, but he doesn't look like it. He's a, he doesn't he, look like he's it. like an old 25. Like he could be playing people in their 30s. It, absolutely, he could. And he just has no charisma whatsoever. Like I didn't yeah. give a fuck about him. Yeah. And he was kind of an asshole, but not in like a redeeming way. And the whole movie revolves around two incidents where he's like just trying to impress a couple like uh, basic ass chicks. And then yeah. he, get, he like ruins his life over one of them. And uh, the, the whole movie happens because of the second one. Yeah. And it's just so like, dude, stop. Stop racing for broads. So basically, in a nutshell, this movie is exactly what, what Alex just said. We've got this guy who's from, I think he's supposed to be from Arkansas. That's another thing that uh, bothered me. He has like a really thick accent and they don't, I mean, I guess like a movie doesn't have to explain everything, but it sticks I, out so much and they don't talk about it at all. I think there was something, I can't remember. Like, I know he was born in like arkansas i think i wherever state but i think there was something on a t-shirt or a backpack or his computer or something that said some state it might have been alabama but one of the southern states is indirectly referenced um it, it still pinged for me yeah but he essentially he is an asshole and he destroys an entire construction like track home kind of set in a race his mom seduces a cop so he doesn't get arrested. They send him to Japan to live with his dad, who he hasn't seen in years. Who, she did seduce the cop, his, didn't she? She totally did. Yeah. And then very he goes to Japan that. to see his like absentee father. And his father is like, hey, you're going to toe the line or you're out. And then we proceed to not see his father again for an hour, hour and a half. He fucks up his life again over another girl racing. It's exactly and then the same he situation. Has to, yeah. And then he has to like go to like the head of Yakuza to say, I want to challenge your nephew to a race to restore honor and balance to Tokyo. And like, that's the movie. Like that's really boiling. It's oversimplifying it, but that really is it. And that's what I mean when like, there was no stakes to this. Like when you look at the first two, like if we just go through the movies we covered really fast, like there are stakes and there's an overarching plot with some importance to it. So the first movie we've got an F or a, an LAPD officer working with the FBI undercover to bring down these really dangerous street racer slash robbers. That's a compelling story. Yeah. Second movie is said same cop trying to erase his record and get back in the good graces of law enforcement by going undercover again to take down the cartel. Compelling story. Pretty impressive stakes, not world changing stakes. Like we get into like once we get into like the fifth, sixth, seventh movie, but still, engaging stakes this movie almost no stakes other than interpersonal stakes like nothing for the city nothing for the country but whatever fourth movie bringing down a cartel again pretty engaging fifth movie it's getting enough fucking money so we can go on the run and go somewhere that doesn't extradite buying our freedom and bringing the family back together family engaging sixth movie same thing like (laughs) we're stopping an international terrorist plot this movie is just like some guy fucked up his life and continues to fuck it up. Yeah, and you know, not every uh, the argument against Marvel movies is that it doesn't have to be the end of the world every single fucking movie. But, Sometimes you right, just want but, like some interpersonal stakes. 
But when you have a lead character that is uh, a little brat and that you don't give a fuck about and is a black hole of charisma, then it's hard to have those interpersonal stakes. And I agree. Granted, I just said that I it kind of enjoyed this and I like that it's a smaller movie. And I also said that I don't like the lead actor. But I don't know. Somehow it still has some charm. I think that's Justin I Lin and I think it's the dude that plays uh, Han. Who I need to look and, up because and little Bow Wow, I think to an extent too. I think he yeah, was to a very small charming, extent. which surprised me because I remember being really annoyed by him the previous times I watched this, but I actually found him charming and fun this time around. And like taking it to another, like I think this could have been a slam dunk movie, bringing it to another country, a completely different style of racing and car. So could have been really fun, and I just don't feel like they did enough with that. Like most of this movie is him learning how to drive. I was actually. That's the thing that you've talked about in um, with the other movies um, that like no Brian lack of just training. Brian got <laughs> super good all of a sudden. I was actually kind of impressed that with the uh, with the montage scene in this movie, given the track record of that's funny track record of um, his Fast and Furious movies. I think they actually did a good job, like showing that he doesn't know how to drive like this and he actually learns how to. And it's a nice little nice little montage. I think there's there, but the thing is, it wasn't just a montage. It was like a good 15, 20 minute scene of him learning how to do it. Right. And then he gets good enough that Han signs off on letting him run errands and doing some races. And then Han dies. And then it's another 15 to 20 minutes of him learning how to do it in his Mustang where he put a, he put a, like a, <laughs> a Nissan. Engine. I don't know what type of engine. Yeah. He put like a Nissan engine in a Mustang and tweaked it, which I think is fun, like merging East and West and yeah. whatnot. I think that's fun, but I wish they kind of leaned in to that a little bit more and actually talked about like what they were doing. Like, I realize why I've never really been able to drift as well as I should be. Like, I'm a muscle car kind of guy, but this is a tuner kind of world, and I need to... Like, I think that could have been a really cool kind of message, and like, but they just didn't really do that. Like, I, it's, it's it could have been deeper, and it wasn't. Yeah, it's not a movie that has a whole lot going on under the hood. Yeah, but nice. getting to the... the um, Sorry, really quick. Oh, I, I was trying to look up Han, the actor that plays Han's name. He's not credited on IMDb for some reason. Oh, that's weird. Isn't that insane? I always forget his name. I've looked it up several times, and I, I know, never I was like, remember his name. I feel really bad for not I was like remembering just his name. I think he's great. Yeah, he's fantastic. It actually makes me want to watch Better Luck Tomorrow. Sun Kang. Yep, that's his name. Thank you. Shout out to Sun Kang. Oh, no, let's start breaking down the movie. So my first note is that this whole movie is fucking dated and it starts with the the title sequence, mm-hmm. which I guess the second one kind of has a similar dated thing, but it feels very nineties, which we can get into at the end. But like this movie is supposed to take place in the future. Like it came out in 2009 and it's supposed to take place in 20, 2006, 2006. And it's supposed to take place in what ends up being, I don't know, 2016 or something, 2015. Well, so that's the thing that doesn't make sense. So the fifth movie is supposed to be 2006. So this movie came out in the year that the fifth movie was supposed to be. So realistically, if you look at if you take it by Jordana Brewster's line that it's been five years since the first movie in Fast and Furious in the fourth movie. And if you just go, okay, maybe it's been a couple of months since the fifth movie when you go to the fifth movie and then the baby. So realistically, you can say that the end of the sixth movie because the baby's born is probably about six years after the first movie. We're getting into continuity discussion. And we said we wouldn't okay. until we got okay. through everything. So this, that's just it. So to say, so this movie took place in 2006 actually isn't unreasonable. Like but if it's towards the end of 2006. Right. So a more accurate so, way is to say, oh, the other movies where they have iPhones and shit took place in 2005 and six. 
Yeah, that's those Which ones don't really make sense. Exactly. So we'll talk about that deeper right. in a little bit. That's but, all to say yeah. there's a weird title sequence that feels very dated. With and, yeah, so and the opening sequence like feels like even though it was shot in 2002, right? Uh, I keep on wanting to say six for some reason. No, it came out in 2006, so this was probably oh yeah, I said in, nine. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, geez, I'm I'm a real, good, but I'm a real professional today. Um, it looks like it was filmed in like 1999, and to that effect, fucking yeah. Kid Rock is on the soundtrack during this opening uh, race. That song came out in '98, where he's he's like. He's doing the thing where he's like racing against the asshole jock, which is, you know, a super 90s trope. And then the guy that plays the asshole jock is Homeboy from uh, Home Improvement. Home Improvement. Which is a show that was, you know, has not been on the air since 1993 or something. And he was 25. He was a whole year younger. I looked it up and I was like, that's insane. He played like a high school student in another movie not too long before or after. Do you you hear that? Yeah. Oh, shit. That's our news alert. That's a news alert. Ah! Oh shit! Zachary Ty Bryan, he was just arrested. What? Yesterday? Wow! Yeah, he left his wife of almost fourteen years for a younger woman, and that's a long uh, time. just got arrested for domestic abuse. Holy shit! That's uh, that's not really cool, dude. Look at that mugshot. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, he's not looking good. It is that like not the, okay, bud? Yeah. Does does his life take place inside of the Fast and Furious universe? Oh my does god, maybe. Kind of feels like the what same if guy. he was? Well, I mean, timeline doesn't match up, but maybe somebody <laughs> will go to jail to visit a another mob boss and see him behind bars. I wonder if they can get him to play a teenager again in the next Fast and Furious. <laughs> it makes about he as much sense in the as... past. <laughs> oh my god! All these fucking guys are like thirty years old. And they're playing yeah, teenagers. And I know that's like, I know that's a cliche and that's like a trope and shit. Um, but in 2006, it's like well-worn, you know? I feel like it's by that point, it's to like, have hey, cast people that look their age, the age which, of the you know, That was a th- thing that we didn't really start getting until the 2010s. But it's just absurd to have somebody who is a child actor in the 90s playing a teenager in the mid 2000s he's supposed like, to be the same age as he was as 10 he was years the, ago in the show yeah it makes no sense like he's supposed to be 17 in this movie and that's how old he was in on home improvement right yeah about he was the oldest the one yeah yeah he was the oldest um hey doesn't he have like three first names so zachary ty Bryan. <laughs> stupid i don't respect a, a com- person with three first names he's got he two and a half a- first names yeah, well, he needed to compete with uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Well, at least Jonathan Taylor Thomas has three full first names. Zachary <laughs> Ty Bryan is short for Tyler, I guess. He thought he could jazz it up. At, I just want to look at his his IMDb because I'm pretty sure he's a douchebag. Not too long before or after this, he was in like a, another movie where he's like a high school student. <laughs> he was in Smallville in 2003, Ugh. which would have put him in high school because he's in like high school for most of that series. Right. Jesus Christ. Well, that's like, uh, what's his name? Joe Manganiello being Flash Thompson in Spider-Man. <laughs> the first Spider-Man movie. Like, you're huge, Jesus. dude. Yeah, it's you're insane. You're huge and you have a five o'clock shadow. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Manganiello, like, uh, runs, I just found out, runs that um, Hollywood uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Have you heard about yeah, that? Yeah, dude, he's a super nerd. That's so he's fucking cool, totally man. cool. He, he will periodically do, like, Omaze charity events where... You know, you donate your money, and then you could possibly win, like, a chance to hang out with him and play D&D with him. That's rad. Yeah, fun- it's totally cool. A funny thing I saw in that uh, little video that was talking about his D&D thing was um, they're talking about the other people that, the other, like, celebrities that are involved in that game. And he said that um, 
one of his friends got Tom Morello involved, which is super cool. But then Tom Morello is friends with Vince Vaughn and he got Vince Vaughn. And I was like, Tom Morello and Vince Vaughn are friends. I want to hear more. That's weird. Right. Because Vince Vaughn is like uber conservative gun nut. I don't even want to say he's uber conservative, but he's known for being one of the lone or one of the that's probably not even accurate. One of the out conservative or right leaning um, you know, celebrities in, in liberal Hollywood, liberal pedophile yeah, Hollywood. No, he definitely is. Uh, and Tom Morello obviously is like famously super left wing. So I just yeah. wonder what their like conversations are like. Yeah, that's interesting. That is pretty crazy. Wow. Anyway. Tom Morello like tweeted at somebody. Uh, oh, it was Paul Ryan like mentioned he was a big yeah. rage against the machine fed and he's like, Are you kidding me? Do you not understand what this music's about? Well somebody uh, yeah, somebody re- like earlier in pandemic was like Hey, Tom Morello, stop uh, tweeting your political opinions. You're making me not want to listen to your music or something. He's like, hey, man, what do you think any of these songs are about? Yeah, dude, it's insane. Yeah. Fucking idiots. Anyway. Back not to a the lot movie. Of, not a lot of teens in this movie. Yeah. So the Dare beginning of this none. movie is you just see, like you mentioned this like dated 90s thing. This would have made sense if it came out right after Columbine. In that, like, you see all the teenagers going through metal detectors and you see security cameras. And it's just making it look like America is the worst fucking place to live in the world. Yeah. And, like, it would have made sense if there was some commentary about, like, Eastern and Western philosophy on education or nope. anything. But none of this ties into anything. It's super, like, heavy-handed, but it doesn't have any payoffs for anything. Yeah. So... Immediately, we just see him go through. That's the opening sequence going in through high school and everything. We see him watching like this fat, nerdy kid getting bullied in auto shop. People are like painting his belly and he does nothing. I think so that was Ned like, from Spider Man. Was that? I think it was Ned from Spider Man. I don't think it was. But... No, it definitely wasn't. I'm kidding. <laughs> but like, you just see, like, it doesn't make you think this character is anybody you want to relate to because he just like he's supposed to be the hero of the movie and he's just watching some kid get bullied by two people well it's the beginning of the movie that's the beginning of his arc which is okay but still like you would think like like the way he looks i'm I'm thinking like he's gonna pull it like he has a wrench i'm thinking like he's gonna go up and scare the guys with the wrench and he does nothing and then he just it's the end of the day he's in the parking lot he's getting into his like buick skylark i don't know what car it actually was but it was like something along those lines and he sees like the hot chick sitting in her car and she's she like, flashes him a little puss dude yeah she like smiles at him and he's like ah oh, you're admiring she fully gives ride. him an upskirt shot yeah it's weird and then like zachary taylor or zachary ty thompson or brian or whatever the <laughs> fuck his name is i don't even care he's in the bin he's a domestic abuser i don't john, respect john him. robert uh billy <laughs> mike but he he's just like are you talking to my girl and she's like he's like nah she was just admiring my ride and then he's like, you're right. I have a, a Viper and it does zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. And it's the same line that Dom said to, um, uh, no, Ludacris said to to Hobbs in the last movie. It was like, oh, you read the, the brochure. And then they go back and forth trying to be all macho. They're like, cool, let's race. And he's like, I only race for pink slips. And he's the bully guy's like, why the fuck would I want your pink slip? And then the girl's like, well, race for me then. Dude, get get some fucking self-respect, girl. God damn. Yeah, it's absurd. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's phone just fell. <laughs> so they um, they go to this like construction site. We're like, god damn it. <laughs> I did it again. I felt like it's I'm on a roller coaster. I got, I got a new setup. I got like all new monitors, so normally I just prop my phone up on the monitors, but uh, it's too big. Uh, anyway, I get that a lot. 
All right. They decide to go through this like construction site full of houses that are like down to just the studs. And what was weird about this race is like the whole time there's like this like pickup truck, like recording it, the race, and like is it's staying in front of a Viper, and this guy's like souped up like shitty car, and it's like, how is this a race where like the bystanders are actually faster than the actual race yeah and also all the bystanders quote unquote are the guy's friends and they're keeping our hero from being able to really um compete and get the race. ahead yeah it's like yeah, totally so, totally unfair yeah so that that happens it gets to the point where they end up having to do like he takes shortcuts he ends up destroying several houses by driving through the houses once for and they're whatever like, reason they're just like studs but yeah yeah and but still he's destroying houses yeah, yeah uh that people presumably will be purchasing soon throughout the race you see like the girlfriend is in the car with zachary ty bryson or brian or whatever the fuck his name is and she's like i thought you loved me and like starts smiling at our hero they both end up crashing like the ba- the the bully ends up crashing into like a cement pipe and yeah. then our bully, our, our hero, quote unquote, wins the race, but can't stop. So he like spins out and flips. And almost kills a bunch of people. Yeah, almost kills a bunch of people. They end it was up. Like, in it the was place. like a horrific accident. No, that, it's uh, terrible. They wrap they the Viper. walk through. Yeah. Uh, like, walk out of. Yeah. They yeah, wrap they that should. Viper around. Um, you said a cement pipe, but like it's, you know, a giant pipe that's going to be underground. And they drive straight into the side of it and just completely yeah, wrap the Viper around it. It's insane. They like they are all lucky to be alive. And the bystanders too. Yeah. So they end up at the police station. The cop was like, look, dude, that guy's rich. She's rich. The parents already paid their way out of this. Like, somebody needs to go down. You're gonna go down. And so like his mom just like walks into the interrogation room and she starts flirting with the cop, like, Can I smoke? And there's like all these signs that say no smoking. The cop's like, Yeah, go ahead. And she's like, Surely we can come to some sort of arrangement and then it fades to black. Yeah. And he's like waiting out in the lobby and he sees his mom. He's like, so where are we moving now? She's like, you're moving to Japan, bitch. Because <laughs> his dad, who is currently in the Navy or was in the Navy, is out there. He's like an expat of some kind. There's I don't scene, know what his deal is. There's a scene later in the movie where his dad is uh, comes home wearing his uniform or is walking out with his uniform or something. He's just walking out in a shirt that says Navy. No, no. He's, he wears his uniform at some point in the movie. Oh, did he? I, yeah completely blank when we meet his dad so a chick is sucking his dick there's a lot of dick sucking in this movie yeah he's like straight up with prostitutes so like he shows uh sean shows up and like his dad's not at the airport so he ends up taking a cab he gets to his dad's house and he knocks on the door and the dad's like dude you're supposed to be on the seventh and he's like it is the seventh and he goes yeah but japan is a day ahead but it's like dude were you not there like why did you not call like the dad clearly doesn't give a fuck and then like as he's talking like this prostitute like walks out like pulling down her shirt and everything it's like her like this is weird yeah her like lips are all irritated and the back of her hair is like uh matted and sticking up and shit yeah it's fucking weird and then like he shows up at school he doesn't understand he gets yelled at his dad doesn't even like help him get to school he doesn't speak the language no, his dad's just like, hey, his train, dad's a train piece leaves of at shit. seven. Train leaves at seven. Have fun making your way through this city where you don't you've know anything. You've never been to. You can't you're understand from, anything that's going on. You're from the American South. You're probably a bigot. You're <laughs> not going to take the time to learn anything about this new culture. So he I'm just going to let you sink. Was that? He doesn't have the time to. He's, he's there in 24 hours. Yeah. So he's like, he just sends his son from the deep south to like this new country where he doesn't know anything teacher yells at him in Japanese before he figures out that he's not supposed to wear shoes. Yeah. 
We meet little Bow Wow, whose name is Twinkie. <laughs> and his, <laughs> we his find car out. is simultaneously the Hulk, but also being punched from the inside by the Hulk. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's fun, though. I, I really like the I excitement that. that Bow Wow had as he does. He goes through it. Like, the only like parenting thing the dad does is, like, you go to school, you come back, and don't you be- ever get in a car. If you're in a car, I'm sending you back to the States, and you're going to jail. Which he immediately but, and then, does. Yeah, he never follows up with this. So, like... His first day of school, Lil Bow was like, oh, you're an army brat. Let me sell you a laptop. And the guy's like, dude, I have no money. Oh, let me sell you an iPod. I have no money. Let me sell you some shoes. I have no money. Like, he's basically like caretaker from The Longest Yard. It's, it's almost like <laughs> he's every red. prison movie. He's red. Yeah, especially red. Yeah. Exactly. He's like every prison movie has that guy who can get you access to whatever. This is another weird thing, by the way. You mentioned the prison thing. Or not prison. Um, oh, my God. You mentioned the military brat thing. And they say that a few times. Like, basically, any character that's not Japanese in this movie is called a military brat by someone yeah. else at some point. But yep. it's a confusing thing to, like, they don't need to bring it up as much as they do. And then his dad is in the military, but he's not a military brat. Yeah. So it, it just seems, like, unnecessarily, um, I don't know, confusing is the wrong word. But Well, then it also it turns it out, makes like... Your, it makes your ears perk up. Like, why is well, everyone a military weird. brat except for him? Why are we talking about it this much? Yeah, so, like... Bow Wow is a military brat. He says he was. Technically, our hero is because he's there specifically because his dad is in the military. So, like, you can argue that our main character is. But eh. then our main character goes up to, like, the, the British same, girl who's, like, the love interest of the movie. He's like, oh, you're an army brat. Is she Australian? Yeah. Okay. The Australian actress. Um, she's Australian in the movie. She says she's Australian. Oh, did she? I yeah. missed it. Um, what was her name? The character's name? I'm no idea. My notes. Uh, Neela or something like that. It's a dumb name. Uh, it's made up. So Almost he's as bad like, as Zachary he calls her a, a, an army brat. And she's like, I'm not an army brat. Like my family died and I got adopted by like the Yakuza's person. Like I got adopted by like a DK's aunt yeah. and everything. So it's like DK is the like, bad guy in the movie. Yeah. We never like we hear his name, his actual name once. But DK stands for Drift King. So like immediately after befriending Lil Bow Wow, he goes to a race like a drift race and is like, Oh, this is cool. I'm going to challenge the toughest guy to a race, even though he has no car. And like the DK is like, dude, you don't even have a car. Shut the fuck up. And then Han, we see Han, and Han's like, dude, you can take my car. <laughs> and like he proceeds to fuck up the car. He's never drifting. He doesn't understand it. And they're, they're in like, um, they're in like a parking garage. So it's all super narrow turns and they're going uphill. And the whole point of these, this race is that they're drifting around all of these corners, and he has no idea how to do it. So he's yeah, just he's slamming. never done it. He's slamming into all these walls, almost killing bystanders again, and yeah. uh, hitting other destroying cars. destroying other people's cars. Not only the car he was driving, but he crashed into other people's cars who weren't yeah. even racing. And he doesn't so, yeah, even like just, seem to give a shit. He doesn't give a fuck at all. And like he gets out of the car. And- Which uh, sorry, I'm interrupting you again. That would be interesting if that was the focus of this movie. How he's like reckless and always feels like he needs to prove himself to the toughest guy in the room. Blah blah. blah. Like there's interesting pathos there, but that's not what this movie's right. About. Like if they pulled like a Marty McFly in the second and third movie, like <laughs> you know he needs to learn that it's okay to back down from a fight. Like, and, but it doesn't. Like it's and Lucas Black these... isn't a good enough actor to carry that like subtle gravitas that you no. just feel in that character, even though the movie's not about it. So it's just like exactly and not that's, there at all. But you feel it like drives it me be. crazy that now. Granted, these movies aren't deep, but it seems like every other movie has that like a little bit of some sort of tone or a message. Like 
uh, whether it's about family or finding out who you really are. Like it never really comes through with this guy. Yeah. So basically the movie ends up becoming for a good 45 minutes to an hour, like Han being like, you work for me now. Like you do whatever I tell you. And in between him doing jobs for Han, he's supposed to be learning how to drift. And we get like four montages of him learning how to drift. We, the only, like Han is just like, yeah, use destroy any car you want, get as many tires as you want. And Bow Wow's like, dude, this is fucking stupid. Like Bow Wow is the voice of reason in this movie. Han's like, whole thing about that too is like, he's like, why did you give me that car if you knew I couldn't drift? And Han is like, you know, uh, forty thousand dollar car is a small price to pay for finding somebody with uh, with morals or whatever. And uh, I want to surround myself with good people and this and that. And it's like, but he didn't that, like that race didn't do that. That just shows that he's like a short sighted asshole. Yeah. Shows that he's reckless and doesn't care about other people's property. Also, that's not a good way to do that. You know, like, I get what it's trying to do. Like if the, what I assumed it was, was that Han was like, I'm going to I'm going to convince this guy to destroy my car so that he owes me money and then he's under my thumb. So basically I have a free employee. Right, that that would make sense. That it's makes like, more sense to me. That would make more sense. But then, like, if because we've watched these other movies and like the fourth and fifth and sixth movie really talk about like, oh, you know, the spirit of the street racer and like, especially with the the sixth movie when Dom and Letty are talking about how like you can tell the kind of person they are by driving, <laughs> and even though you have amnesia, you drive exactly the same, so you're the same person. So it's like you almost <clears throat> want to believe that Han has that same mentality, like. I just want to see how you are behind the wheel and how you and everything. And like, you can see like, okay, this guy didn't give up and he really wanted to learn. So it's like, sure. There are some redeeming qualities in that he's quote unquote, maybe brave and he doesn't give up, you know, but he clearly has no, he's a teenager. Like his brain isn't fully developed yet. This is not somebody you want to be your number two right hand man. He's a teenager who looks like a 30 year old who looks (laughs) Even he older, because we see a him. Disorder. We see him in um, uh, Fast and Furious Seven, right? Seven, yeah. And he's but, even older, and it's super yeah, fucking weird. Ten years have passed. Yeah, it's fucking weird. So ten years have passed in the real world, but in the Fast and uh, Fast and Furious world, it's, it's been the, minutes. Yeah, it's the same. It's the next. <laughs> it's the same day. It's the next moment. So he. Throughout this, like this, like several montages of him learning how to drive, we find out that Han is working with DK. DK is the nephew of like a Yakuza Don. And we find out that Played Han by Sonny is, Chiba. Yeah. So Han is skimming off the top and not giving DK and his uncle the share that he's supposed to. He's like cooking the books to make it look like he's making a little less than he actually is. Yeah. And so it all comes to a head. DK shows up at Han's place and fucks things up they go out on this like crazy street race where there's this point it's it's probably the stupidest thing in all the fast and the furious movies so far but there's a point where tokyo which is one of the most densely populated places in the world they're going through and there's this like pedestrian crosswalk that conservatively has two million people in it conservatively (laughs) and they're like they're sean uh sean's in the car with with neela and she, he, she's like, shit, there's hella fucking people. Conservatively, two million people in the crosswalk. What are you going to do? And They're going Sean's at least like, 80 miles an hour. Yeah, Sean's like, I've got this. And he just starts honking on the horn. And then he's like drifting and honking at the same time. And it's just like the parting of the Red Sea. Like all these two million Japanese people are slowly getting they, out of the way. They part perfectly. Yeah, they part perfectly as if they are uh, a hive mind. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like a zipper coming undone like yeah. just perfect sync 
they drift right through. It looks Han cool, gets but killed. it's absurd. Yeah, Han gets killed. In this, it just looks like somebody hit him. We find out later that's Jason Statham. And then we just show up. Um, Sean's back at his dad's house, and his dad's like, dude, we need to get you the fuck out of here. And, and he's like, I can't go. I made a mistake. I need to own up to my own mistakes and make it right. And the dad's <laughs> this like... This is my favorite part of the movie. And the dad's like, oh, okay, cool. And then just leaves and lets he got his, his high school son go to the Yakuza <laughs> to challenge the Yakuza's nephew to a street race to, like restore honor and balance to tokyo the way that he says it to his dad what he says to his dad is i gotta do this can you understand that what (laughs) you're 17 years old and you're been you've been expatriated from the united states because you almost killed a bunch of people and now you want to get into a car and drift over to the yakuza's and ask them to restore balance and honor which you know nothing about by getting into another race what are you talking about? <laughs> You're going to prison. I'm sending you home and your mother's going to deal with you. I don't even love you. I abandoned you. And now you've come into my life and interrupted my whore fucking. You're <laughs> turning my tiny little apartment into bedlam. Get out of here. Well, what's funny is like, so we don't really know how long this movie stretches, but like we never see him and the dad interacting. There's a few times never. where he like calls the phone. He's like, hey, dad, I'm not coming home. I just have extracurricular activities. He moves not, out at some point. Yeah. See, it's not I have band or I joined the football team or I don't fucking speak Japanese. So I'm getting tutored. Like, yeah. that's the thing you say. But no, yeah. he's just like, I'm not coming home because I have extracurricular activities. Even though the dad said, you come home, there's nothing you're allowed to do. And the dad's like, oh, OK. And then halfway through the movie, like, Bow Wow's just like, hey, Han, like, Sean's here and he's got a bag. And he's like, oh, go get him a bunk bed in my little <laughs> warehouse. Like, he'll join my little commune. Ugh. It's super weird. That's so anyway, he challenges, he, go, she, she, he shows up at the Yakuza without an appointment. And it's just like, hey, Yakuza guy, your son is an asshole. I'm an asshole. Or your nephew's an asshole. I'm an asshole. But I think if we street race, like, everything will be good. Yeah. And the uncle's like, that's a really great idea, which makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, he challenges DK to a race, and it's, like, down this mountain that apparently only DK has ever gotten down. We have another, like, 20-minute montage of them taking this Mustang and him drifting and spinning out and then them tweaking some things and him spinning out. And then, like, all of a sudden, we just see the Mustang completely painted, and they're like, it's done. It's ready. (laughs) He goes down this race. It's... He he defeats DK, and then it's just like he's the new DK. The movie ends like you think it's all done, and then Bow Wow's like, "Hey, bud, like, there's somebody who wants to race you," and DK uh, he's like, "No, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm the white guy who's DK. I'm not going to like risk losing my title." And Bow Wow's like, "Dude, he knows Han." And then we see Vin Diesel, and he's like, "Oh, we get shit. this. I think this is where we can transition a little bit into continuity, because Bow Wow's like, yeah, you know, this guy who says he knows Han." He's been like tearing up all the races in in Tokyo and Japan, and now he wants to challenge you. And this is another part where the continuity makes no sense. So maybe the very end of the movie after he's DK has been a few weeks. Maybe it's been a month. Who knows how long it's been after Han died. But when you go into the seventh movie and we find out that Han died, there's a scene that takes place right here where Vin Diesel's character Dom and Sean talk about like what happened he's like hey tell me about the night that han died you're telling me that 
Han died, and we haven't watched the seventh movie, so this is a little bit of a spoiler for the seventh movie, but there's a point where they're like a bomb blows up Dom's house as well after he talks on the phone to Deckard Shaw. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know one of your best friends got killed. Your house just got blown up. So you're going to take a trip to Japan and spend a few weeks racing and developing <laughs> street cred? You're not just going to like... They even say that he's been uh, working his way across uh, Asia or something. Yeah. Racing, right? And so, like, that makes sense in the context of 2006 before we had any of the other movies. But it, it fundamentally, if you, like, if they didn't just completely retcon this movie, which they didn't, they, like, folded this in and took scenes from this movie and put them in future movies. So you can't even say this movie doesn't count. We're led to believe that Vin Diesel's char- Vin Diesel took at least a few weeks to a few months to, like, build up a rapport with the Asian street racers so he can get to DK where in the previous movies in both the one where they're in Brazil and when they're in uh, London this is Brazil and like this is London like he just immediately shows up to places and is already like everyone's like we're willing to go to jail for this guy yeah <laughs> so it's a little absurd that Vin Diesel like shows up and like up for a cameo and then they make the cameo this like super important thing four movies later yeah it fundamentally breaks apart that being said, the seventh movie, I'm very, very much looking forward to watching because there's some good stuff in that. I'm excited to watch it too. Um, yeah. I want to talk about continuity a little bit more, but there's a yeah, couple, a couple. Got, well, there's a couple quick notes that I want to get to before that. Um, at some point in this movie, uh, so, uh, Han and um, what's his name, the main guy, Sean. Lucas Black, Sean, Han and Sean. Um, go talk to DK and then Han like sends Sean away and then Han and DK um, play cards together. So like they have their own conversation, mm-hmm. but they're speaking English to each other. Yeah. Why and, would like, they do that? Yeah. Like there's nobody else around. They're in Japan, assuming these guys both like they're only speaking English to Sean because he's there. So that was weird. And then um, maybe Han doesn't speak Japanese. Maybe because he's not Japanese. He's Korean. Right. But it still seems he lives there like. He deals with these people all the time. You think he would have picked some up? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I I think he speaks it fluently. I don't think it's right. a stretch to say that. Anyway. And it's just weird. Like, once again, we don't really know. So maybe Fast and the Furious 7 takes place years after 6. I don't know. Like, I'd have to see the age of the baby, which we yeah. see in Fast and the Furious. So maybe it's been a couple of years and the continuity isn't as fucked as it seems. But we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. I don't know. One more funny thing about this movie before we get to continuity is... Um, Sean Han Han's like training grounds where he brings Sean to learn how to drift is uh like a excuse me is like a port next to um the ocean I guess next to some mm-hmm. water and there's a couple old fishermen and they cut to them a couple times for comic relief just to be like this kid sucks it at drifting and then later on they're like wow he's getting pretty good at drifting we're old fishermen why do we know about this thing well, on another note, I'm, similar to that, oh, I'll, I'll let you finish, but then I've got something similar to that, actually. I was just going to say it's funny because they reminded me of the groundskeepers in uh, Major League. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's got to be like a, a little wink to that. Yeah, to maybe. Or like the old guys from the Muppets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But along the same line, so when they're, they, they're, when they're going between the different montages, there's a point where they're drifting down a mountain when Han's trying to teach him. And he's like, there's no wax on, wax off to this. Like, you learn by doing. So, like, they just keep putting him in a car 
and letting him practice. Like they don't give him any instruction and they like people are all annoyed that he's not good at it. It's like nobody's teaching him anything. They're yeah. just letting him destroy shit. Lil Bow Wow tries to tell him to pull the e-brake and then he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, never yeah. mind, you'll figure he's it like, out. Yeah, you'll figure it out. So also, oh, sorry, point, one, one more thing. They keep on telling us how good this girl is at racing and they never give her an opportunity to do it. She drives they, once they in They even movie. comment on it. He's like, when am I going to see you drift? Like, how come I've never seen you? She's like, you never asked. But then, yeah, yeah. he never, we never actually see her drive. Yeah. It's weird. Stupid. Stupid. But another thing with the Han dynamic, which it's like, it's fun. Like it's a fun character trait and everything. It kind of, and it kind of makes sense. Like that he would be like this. It's almost like 007. Like he re- in the Casino Royale, he really loved Vesper, but then she died. And that's what caused him to be like the womanizer who doesn't give a shit about women and just like fucks everyone mm-hmm. in this. Like Han is all about getting his dick wet. So like, there's a point in the movie where Sean is like out on his own with Han and, they just, ra- you know, race the cops and the cops are like, just let him go. And he learns that if you race fast enough, the cops will leave you alone because they have like stock cars. And so Sean says, hey, how come you don't race? Why don't you drift? And, Sh- and Han's like, Dude, what, what's the point of a race? And Sean's like, to show that you're better. And he goes, no, it just shows that you have a faster car. Like that doesn't mean you're a better person or you're better than this person. So if I'm going to race somebody, it needs to be for something that matters. Yeah. And Sean's like, well, what matters to you? And he's like, I'll show you. And then, like, they come up on this, like, red light with, like, two hot Japanese girls. And, like, Han just, like, does donuts around <laughs> these hot chicks and then just kind of, like, drifts by them. And they, like, hand their phone number out the window and he catches it. So it's, like, he's trying to act like there's this, like, he's deeper and has this really deep connection to his car. And he only races nope. for things that matters. But no, He just he wants only, grief he, pussy. Yeah, he just drifts for pussy. That's what I wrote. He drifts for pussy. Grief, grief pussy. fucking weird. Specifically grief pussy. Yeah, weird. Weird. Well, you know, um, you got Wonder Woman and you're in love with her, and then she uh, she falls off a plane, and um, no, I what think else are you gonna that do? makes sense. Like, I'm totally on board with him just being a womanizer because he just lost the love of his life. I think that's fine. That's clearly not what the case was when they wrote this movie because Giselle yeah. <laughs> wasn't even a thing. But right. as a retcon, I kind of like it. Like, if yeah. this was a planned thing, I kind of like that. It's just, it's weird that he like paints himself as like this deep person and he only races for things that are matter, that matter and what's important. And then he goes and does this and it's like, oh, so you are only racing to get hot chicks. You're not deep at all. Let's transition back into continuity by, and I want to bring this up and then we can move into the continuity. Um, How much of the, how much of this franchise do you think was planned at this point? Almost none. Yeah, that was my thought too. Yeah, I, I don't think they did any of this. I think even now, I think they're starting to plan more since they had nine, and then they said that 10 and 11 were going to be filmed together. There was a point well, six, where six and seven were supposed to be filmed together. So yeah. I think they're getting better at having like Six and seven an were outline. conceived together. Yeah, I think, I think they have an outline, but I don't think they necessarily have certainly like at a the, blueprint. Yeah, certainly at the point of Tokyo Drift where they were like, oh, we're going to do another movie. Oh, Vin and, and uh, what's his favorite aren't involved. Okay, well, I guess it'll be standalone. We'll just figure yeah. it out. Well, then and even then, the fourth movie didn't seem like they really knew exactly what they wanted to do because they killed a character just to bring her back in two movies. Like, they clearly yeah. didn't know what they wanted to do for the fourth and the fifth movie either. Yeah. And I, I, I think that they only um, brought Han back because he was such a, uh, a crowd pleaser. Yeah, he was a cool character. I was glad he when he brought him yeah. back. Yeah, so, me too. But it completely well, breaks the continuity of these movies. Oh, it completely breaks it. And then, like, we know he's coming back again, which is even weirder <laughs> yeah and it's like definitely him it's not like a, a cyborg or something so there which they point, have in these movies now 
Yeah, when, when you get into Hobbs and Shaw, well, there's a point in like Hobbs and Shaw where we didn't like. There's a bad guy that we don't meet, and we just get a voice at the end, um, but it's like digitized. A lot of people thought it was going to be Han because there were whispers that he was coming back in in nine. A lot of also, a, a lot of other people thought it might be Count Reeves because they're they're constantly trying to get like bigger and better names to come. So we eventually get like Helen Mirren, and of course we get um, Jason Statham, and we get. Sure, he's thrown. So we start getting all these big names. So a lot of people thought in Hobbs and Shaw we were going to get a reveal that Keanu Reeves was coming. And like, I don't remember where I read it, but somebody somewhere I read something that they actually did have conversations with Keanu. So they, a lot of people thought it was going to be Keanu or Han at the end of Hobbs and Shaw. Which now that we have Han coming back, maybe it is. We don't we don't really know. So there's, I'm really interested no, to see what happens with Nine. There's no indication that Han is like evil though. He comes in and he's just, hey guys, what's going on? And he's eating his fucking chips again. Yeah. And I don't I don't want them to make him evil because they've done I don't that want him to be like three times either. already. I hope not. He's the coolest. He's my favorite. Him and and, and Tej are my favorite characters. So I really yeah. hope he's and they've all, the, the good And stuff. they've also they've also had uh Letty Dom turn evil and then Dom has like an evil older brother in nine. Yeah. Or a young, younger Christ. brother. Which is its own thing. We can talk about that in the next episode. But like they keep on they've already gone to the well of making good characters evil for a minute yeah um, i don't need han to do that nope um, so the i think the main thing that bugs me about the continuity of these movies and i like the idea of this being a secret future cool but i just don't think that it's possible to do that when you have 10 years of these movies in between um and you know, when, when it's supposed to match technology up. in each movie yeah exactly and and like specifically to this point at the climax of this movie they're doing this race and they've got flip phones that they're filming it on which and it's already ridiculous like how are they watching in 2006 how are they stream live streaming these uh videos of um people from further down the mountain or whatever uh or up the mountain down the mountain and these people are watching them you know what i mean like they're they're essentially watching twitch feeds yeah that wasn't which is like Yeah, like Twitch wasn't a website and technology wasn't good enough at that in point. In 2006, for that to that's happen. the year I graduated high school. I had one of the best flip phones at the time because they weren't even like this was pretty even like the uh, I can't even remember what they're called, like the Voyagers from LG that had Internet. Like these are just straight two megapixel at best cameras. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. You're not getting you're not getting that quality. But yeah. And they're all watching like this streaming uh, video of, of these guys racing. Um, and they should all they should have iPhones. Like, what do we? It's so obviously set in 2006, and that's fine. But how are you going to try and convince me that it takes place in the future? Yeah, and all I can say is or, getting into continuity. Is, sorry, or, or, or let me just say this: or that these other movies, that the other you know four movies in between, took place before this, because then you would have to go to Fast and Furious uh, four through seven. And make sure that everyone's using technology from the early 2000s then. Yeah. So the only thing I can say that can kind of clear this up a little bit is we do get that one line from Jordana Brewster in the fourth movie that says, basically, when when Brian shows up again, she's like, you've been gone for five years and like you fucked up my entire family and now you're back. Okay. So we can say the fourth movie is five years and that's still before this one. So you go in the fifth movie, she's pregnant. In the sixth movie, at the very beginning, she has the baby. So that's presumably another nine months. So you can say the sixth movie, because we, we could say maybe the fifth movie takes place over a couple of months but after the prison break to them getting to Brazil and planning and stuff. So maybe that's a couple of months. So maybe between the fourth movie and the end of the sixth movie, it's been a full year. 
So we're now at six years. You know, maybe the timeline can kind of make sense when you when you factor that in, but still the technology part is yeah. never going to line up. Because I mean, like, even in the fourth movie, they were using like GPS. Literally, the movies uh, four through six um, used like the MacGuffins of the the MacGuffins of the movie, like the things that set the plot in motion and that the characters are chasing are pieces of technology that didn't exist in 2006. Right. Like you, like the GPS units in 2006 were external units, not built in. Like you could possibly get that, but that's not something a street racer is putting in their car, a GPS unit, a state of the art. Yeah. They they don't need it. That's extra weight. That's not something they're going to be putting in. So that's the thing that really breaks it is the, is the technology used. And then, and then also you're trying to tell me that all the movies after um, fast and furious six take place in 2006 yeah and that's where the only thing you can maybe justify is saying once again because six takes place maybe it's 2007 it's been a full year and then i don't remember how old the kid is in seven but i know the beginning of seven shows like paul walker in a minivan take dropping off his kid at school now i don't know if it's preschool or kindergarten or what now maybe if this kid is five years old in seven well we're now pushing this to 2010 for the seventh movie, and it starts to get a little bit more realistic. It's still maybe a little bit too much future proof, but that's when we also start getting like Mr. Nobody and we start getting the God's Eye and satellite stuff. So, I mean, not even, but not even technology wise. Like, I'm in the theater. What year did uh, Seven come out? 27 came out in like 2014, I think. Oh, I can see you again. So, in 2014, I'm sitting in the theater watching this movie that looks like it takes place in 2014, but then the movie wants to be like, by the way, they're avenging the death of their friend three months ago. Furious 7 was 2015. Yeah, so I'm sitting in the theater in 2015, watching these people in this movie when it looks like it's 2015, and then the movie doesn't say this, but it should. Hey, this movie takes place in 2007. Han just died. It's two, you know, that was 2006. Now it's maybe 2007. You're in 2015, but remember that we're in 2007. Like, right? Why? I'm yeah, clearly in 2015. Is it's it's not a stretch. Depending on, and we'll, we'll I think we'll talk about this when we watch seven, but it really depends on how old Paul Walker and Jordana Brewster's son is in the next movie. Because then I mean, we can maybe that that shit doesn't even matter at all anyway. Because um, the Rock's kid is one age in fast and furious seven and then in hobbs and shaw uh she's like there's a five-year difference yeah but you know what we don't know the hobbs and shaw one's kind of a standalone one too we don't that could in theory be a couple of years in the future as well we don't know so we'll we'll take it as we go and try to figure it out yeah i mean we'll we can revisit this when we watch it but like hobbs and shaw's relationship is in doesn't exist in a vacuum like they're yeah. they're not pals in this movie because of what happened in six and seven. Yeah, but you know maybe it'd been a couple years. We'll I figure guess. it out. We'll watch the rest and we'll try to figure it out, and we'll do a little bit more research. I think by the time we get to Hobbs and Shaw, we'll, we'll try to break it down and figure out what the fuck is going on. All right, maybe we can come up with like a sweet flow chart for our Instagram. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you tell our listeners where they can uh, find you? Do your plugs, bud. Yeah, I'm on uh, Instagram at Dyslexic, um, selling my wares. I've got some cool new shirts on there that you can get in time for uh, Halloween. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Polishi, my last name, and you can find me on Letterboxd at Polishi as well. Follow along with what I'm watching. Uh, you can check out everything that's MDX Pods related at MDXPods.com, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at MDX Pods. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash MDX Pods. Um, 
we've talked about in the past, these bonus episodes will be going towards Patreon once we get through the Fast franchise. We're still going to try to come out with something to have weekly releases on the free feed. We haven't quite figured that out yet, but we've got a few more weeks of these movies before we have to figure that out. Um, check out our other podcast, Ruin My Childhood, with my wife and I. Uh, we're also going to be coming up with some bonus content for that shortly for the Patreon as well. But feel free to check out that podcast. And uh, thanks for listening. Thank you.